0: Today I will believe and confess confess. that Jesus Christ was wounded for my transgressions. transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. him. And by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's pray. Father God, We come before you now thanking you once again for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. We come in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray, I pray right now, dear God, that the words that I speak, Heavenly Father, will be seasoned with your love, your grace, Heavenly Father, that it will do as we know what it is sent to do. And Father, that all of us, Heavenly Father, will be edified and our confidence will grow in ourselves, Heavenly Father, and more so in your word. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for each hearer, Heavenly Father, whether here, online, or in the future. Father, we praise you, and we thank you even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. All right, so um, we, um, we all at some point in our lives have times where our confidence isn't what we would like for it to be. It doesn't matter who we are. It's not uh, something that skips over one person to another, no matter how good it looks. There are always times where just things aren't going the way we would like for them to go in our lives, or we just aren't confident about a thing. It could be things that we are accustomed to doing all of the time. But confidence is one of those things that it wanes and it, it's up and it's down. And we, in our lives, would want for that line to continue to go up all the time. But it kind of goes down. But as believers, it should kind of be like the stock market. It should go up. It might dip down. But we should be on a, a, a good trend of going up all the time, at least as they say. Um, sometimes it's not always like that. And so this message that, we, uh, that I have today hopefully will encourage, and they, not in the beginning, but. Hopefully, it'll encourage you in your confidence, depending on where you are in your walk, uh, to continue to be confident in who God is and, and the message that He brings to us, which is the greatest message of all. We have to keep our confidence up in order to make decisions to be ridiculed and mocked as we spread the message of the gospel to non believers and believers alike. I take a I take a certain level, it takes a certain level of confidence to get up in front of people that either we know or don't know, people that may be on our jobs, people that that are friends sometimes, and to talk to them about Jesus Christ, to, to share that message with them. Because nobody likes being ridiculed, nobody likes being mocked, no one likes being put down. But to speak openly about Jesus Christ takes a certain level of confidence. It takes a certain level of of knowing who God is in order to do that. Sometimes we see uh, these street preachers preaching out in the street. And I saw one the other day, and I looked over, and I said, man, that brother's out there getting it. And that's a good thing. Now, there's different reasons, I believe, why people are out there ministering. So one, I believe that people are either totally, totally convinced that Jesus Christ is Lord, right? I think there's another one that sometimes as a new convert, when you are freshly brought into the kingdom of God, you're so excited, you go out, you get your little uh, your, 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 your boombox, your little... Wi-Fi boombox and your mic, and you gotta go tell everybody when you start off. If you remember, if you're saved, you remember that time you, you told everybody about Jesus. Everything that you read, you wanted to let people know who the Lord was. Sometimes those are the cases. Then there's other times, things that I've seen, where people are just like they're they're a little off. But they're still out there doing it, they're preaching about it. And as the Bible says and talks about. Even if somebody that's a non-believer or somebody that may have it a little off, if they're preaching the word, there's still benefit in that, if it's the word. But we want to be in a position where our heart is right with God, and that we're confident in what we're doing, right? So it's important that we keep our confidence up. Also, I was thinking about this whole uh, parcel of preaching out in the street. You know, sometimes I was thinking, why am I not out doing that? And I've, I was telling someone the other day, I said, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing at some point where if I could go and just go and minister to people, like, that's what I did. Now, we can all do that, and that's what we're supposed to do as we mature in Christ. We're supposed to tell people about him, about his love. It's like people being in a burning building. We have to have enough, it doesn't, shouldn't take confidence if we're all in a burning building to tell people to get out of that building if it's burning. Well, that's what this earth is like. The earth is like a burning building. Now, the adversary has it disguised as light, as fun. You know, the Bible says sin has pleasure for a season. But we can't get caught up in that. And as Paul talks about, you know, we're not going to leave this earth to get away from it. We have to be here. We have to be in it. And it's up to us. We have to deliver that message to people. But it's like that burning building. We should be spreading the word that, hey, man, the earth is burning up. The problem comes when we spread that message. They're looking at you like it's crazy because they're like, man, we're balling. We're about to go out tonight, man. We're about to get some drinks. We're about to get our party on. We're about to do this. You know, so that's when when, when it makes it tough because many times they don't want to hear. But again, the confidence that we have, you got to keep your confidence up. Confidence has to stay up in order to, to be effective and to minister. So let's go to Psalms chapter, so let's go to Psalms 118, verses 8 through 14. Psalms 118, 8 through 14. When you get it, say amen. I was supposed to preach something different this morning, but at, and I wrote it down, 1139 p.m. last night. Something dipped diff- God sent me on a different path. So we're going to do this. Uh, hopefully everybody, except for me right now, because I uh, was not looking, but it won't take me but a second to get there, is that Psalms 118, if you had Psalms 118, 8 through 14 say amen, and if not, they probably will put it up on the board, but I'm going to go ahead and start reading. It says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations compassed about me, compassed me about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They compassed me about, yea, they compassed me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. Compassed basically just means they encircled him. They compassed me about. Like bees, they are quenched as the fire of thorns, for in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Now, I have seen bees compass something. I've spilled syrup, sugar and water. And if you just wait a, long, wait a while, especially late in the fall, those bees will compass that thing, and they will be so deep into whatever that is, they'll be all over it and focused on getting what it is that they had, and what it means. And when he says that uh, the psalmist says that they are quenched as the fire of thorns. Basically, if you've seen thorns, especially those that are cut off from the vine, they're really dry. But here's the psalmist saying that those thorns will be burned up easily, basically, by the Lord. He says, thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall. Basically, meaning they have tried to kill him, basically. But the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. This is the psalmist saying, and we will, we will uh, assume that we're talking about David here, saying how confident he is in the Lord. He said, no confidence in man. I'm not putting confidence in princes. My confidence is in the Lord. And as we walk this thing through, we have to be that confident in the Lord to have our confidence up, to get our confidence up and keep it up, that as we walk, we know that we win. Even when it doesn't look good, you know, David said in, in Psalms, uh, the 23rd Psalms, you know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He said, even though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, my confidence is that I will fear no evil, for God is with me. And if God is with us, that is where our confidence relies, our confidence lies. Now, sometimes, because we're walking with God, and I believe David, in this case, was walking so confidently with God that he got off. So it remains, how do we not make those mistakes that David if you, that David made? If you remember, David got off. He was supposed to be going off to war with these folks, but he hung back, and he was in his tower, and whoo, he saw Bathsheba. And then things kind of went off from there. He, he forgot about the Lord for a minute. Bathsheba was, was nice, you know. <laughs> However, we have to, that's right, my Lord, <laughs> we have to keep our focus. We can't be, we can't get arrogant. There's a difference between confidence and there's a difference between arrogance. The adversary wants us to be arrogant. God wants us to be confident in his ways, not in and of ourselves, because the word says when I am weak, that's when he is strong. So we want to stay strong in the word of God. We don't want to go off and have all of these things, tear down all of the great things that the Lord has done in our lives and that we may have done even through his name. So we want to continue on in the confidence of the Lord, not in our own confidence, right? So in keeping this going, the Apostle Paul wrote epistles to the Hebrews to encourage the Jewish members of the church not to, 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 maintain, to, to encourage the, uh, he, the Jewish members of the church to maintain their faith in Jesus Christ, and not to fall back into a religion, to, to start going back, you know, you, you've tasted of who Jesus is, and not to go back into the rituals and things that they were doing. So if you will go with me to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 39. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 39. and you get it? Say amen. Amen, amen. amen. Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and read. It says, cast not away therefore, here we see that word again, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Recompense basically just means value, payment, which hath great Payment, great value of reward before you. Verse thirty-six. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For ye, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. That he is Jesus. Next verse. Now the just shall live by faith. And if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. Perdition is destruction. But of them that believe to the saving of the soul. I'm going to read that one more time. I'll read through it real quickly. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Keep your confidence, which hath great value, great reward, recompense, great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done that will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Jesus will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them, who draw back unto perdition, unto destruction. If you draw back, you're headed into destruction. But of them that believe to the saving of the soul. The word is able to preach itself. We're talking about keeping our confidence up. And the only way to keep that confidence up and remain there is through the words, through knowing, reading, living the word of God. We can't can't lose our confidence to be focused on the purpose that God has, not just for us, because we always in the church talk about the purpose God has for me, and that's fine. But God's purpose is what matters most. God is going to get, we have to line up with God's purpose, because he's going to make, he's going to have happen what he's going to have happen. He has exalted his son, Jesus Christ, and all of this is coming back to those that believe upon him. When all of this is said and done, whatever you believe, whether it's through the rapture or not, however however you see this happening, we're going to make a choice to be on the right hand or on the left hand side. We're going to either be a sheep or we're going to be a goat. So I have confidence in that. Now, others may say that, uh, you know, man, ain't no heaven or whatever. Keep doing what you're doing. I have confidence in this word. I'm no... Uh, quote unquote theologian or anything, but everything that I've read, everything that I've seen, as I've gone through different religions and looked at those, and you know, not every little piece of it, but as even just the, the basis of it, there is no retribution for our sins. There's nothing that covers our sins in those other, uh, in those other religions. But here we see God gave His only Son. We'll celebrate that on tomorrow, his birth. But God gave his only son. He was the only, basically, God came down, wrapped himself up in a body, came down and walked this thing out and made himself a sacrifice. See, every time we talk about God, you know, we can start going in one direction and he just goes back the other way. You know, the, the word is a double-edged sword. So even though he was perfect, and if any of us were perfect, and we're, you know, and, and obviously we're not divine because when Jesus came, there was only one of him and there will never be another. But if any one of us was perfect, there's just certain things we wouldn't take. You know, we, we wouldn't stand for somebody dealing with us, especially if we had all power in our hand. We just wouldn't. But Jesus came down here, walked this whole thing out perfectly and gave his life, was crucified, was, was tortured, just so that we could be saved. People that didn't know him, people that didn't want him, and even those that are saying, well, you know, how you know that? You know, Jesus ain't real. Whatever they're saying, we recognize that this same God sent his son to die for our sins so that we can walk around and have confidence and speak about all of those things about the gospel. Amen? So we must keep our confidence up because that's the only way people hear about it. Well, it's not the only way. It's the way that God wants people to hear the gospel. Because the Bible says that the rocks would cry out if we don't. So I don't want to lose my, my reward. I, I'm not trying to lose my great recompense by not speaking about God. I want to keep my confidence. I want to keep my confidence in the word. I want to keep my confidence on my work. I want to keep my confidence in everything. And it's not always there. Let's, let's just get real. Uh, you know, every time that I'm doing stuff, you know any any time that we have things going on and employee doesn 't show up or a person doesn't do what they 're supposed to do or they break something that 's expensive or you have this breakdown or that go down, it can weigh on you it can weigh on your confidence but it 's in those times again that we must trust and rely on on God and i don 't know if I 've said this before, but I remember uh, being in a situation where um, had like several people within the last maybe four hours before an event just called and said they couldn't come. Big event. And I'm like, okay, Lord, what's going on? I've done everything that I know to do. But all that I remember hearing was just be still. Be still and know that I am Lord. Now, that's pretty difficult because you're just frazzled. I don't have any hair, so nothing to pull. But I'm just frazzled. I'm like, okay, how are we going to get this done? How does this happen now? One after another, I had two people that hadn't done anything for me in probably, say, five. One was about five years, the other maybe seven. They called me within an hour's time. Hey, Lloyd, man, Lloyd, how you doing? I said, hey, what's up? And I'm like, what are you calling for? Um, you, you got anything I can do? Sure, can you be here at 12? So two people, I'm still two down. So we're going into the event. I, I made a call to a young man who's in his sophomore year at college right now, called him and called his brother. His brother called his mom, who called somebody else. And these two young ladies showed up. They called me and said, yeah, we'll, we'll be about an hour late. We'll be, come on. When I tell you, because what, what we do, you really kind of need to know what you're doing. But what we do, these girls came and just stepped in as if they had been there the whole time. And I have never talked to or seen those two girls again. Never. But that's how God does things. We have to have that David, that Paul, that Moses type of faith and confidence that God is going to do what he says he's going to do because he is. It's up to us to believe and have faith and know that God is real and that he's going to take care of his. Now, we can't live any kind of way and have this type of expectation of God. We have our part to do, and we can only do that by seeking after God and, and, and living in accordance with the way the Word says. You can't live, a, you know, you can't be raggedy, let me say that, you know, because we all came to Christ raggedy, you know, tattered, beat down, no matter how sharp you were, we all came raggedy. we all sinners. We all live in this body of flesh that, that wants to turn us away from God, which is why we have to live according to the Spirit. But if we're trying to do those things, if we're consistently seeking after God, we should have an expectation that when things go wrong, God is going to be with us. And not like we talked about last Sunday about bridges, you know. He's not taking us over things. He's taking us through things. So when trouble comes, he's going to walk us, he's going to, he's going to hold our hand, however it is, but you're going to walk through it. The valley of the shadows of death, you're going to walk through that valley, but he's going to be with you and you can be confident knowing that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Amen? So we've talked about God and confidence in him, So and we want to keep our confidence up, but if your confidence is down, Brother Chris, how do I get my confidence up? So that's the question. So we've talked about confidence and all of these things, but how do I get my confidence up? So, There's a couple things, and and I believe we believe here, and what we've preached over the years is that, you know, yes, we need God, uh, but we have a part in these things as well. So the first thing that we have to do to get our confidence up, if it's not up, is to make a decision. That's number one. Make a decision that you're going to get your confidence up. Sounds easy, huh? Sounds... Sounds simple. That's the first step, though, and that's the biggest step on your journey. You have to make a decision that you—because it's, it's easy when you're up. Yeah, man, confidence up ain't no problem. Got that. When your confidence is down, when it's tough, that's when we have to make the decision. Father, I can't do all of this, but, Lord, I need you to help me to get my confidence up. I'm making a decision right now that I will do everything humanly possible— to get my confidence up. And it, we're, we're talking spiritual, we're talking whether it's on your job, we're talking whether it's some other thing you're trying to accomplish that is according to the word. You have to make a decision first. Because otherwise it doesn't happen or you're just kind of pitching and you know, one way to another willy-nilly, throwing stuff to the wind. It doesn't work unless you make that first decision. Then after you make a decision, you have to make a plan. So those are two different things. You make the decision. That's just the conscientious effort for you to say, this is what I'm going to do. That's your decision. Then your plan is kind of, okay, how am I going to do these things? Okay? Then as you make that plan, so the first part, once you make your, as you're making your plan, you have to meditate on Scripture concerning confidence throughout the day. Now, meditating is not chants and all kind of things because, again, we... we Even though people say this is a religion, we have a lifestyle that leads to eternal life. Not a religion. We don't have to turn around five times and put our hands up and do all kinds of stuff in order for God to see us. He sees us. He knows us. But we have to meditate on scripture. And what meditate means is that we read it. We may read it again and again and again. We think about it. Keep it on our mind throughout the day, and we apply it in our life. As we meditate on the Word of God, you know, there's, there's. it's not just I read it, I I sat down for two minutes, I read over it, I meditated on it, I'm out, and you don't think about it ever again. No. Meditating on the Word may mean you take a scripture, and however long, however short, and you think on that, and you may do that one scripture for a week. There's no set time or speed or whatever until you get it deep down in your heart. You have to meditate on it so that it becomes rooted within you. Then after you do that, focus on God and his goodness. We must focus on God and his goodness. And this is all part of the plan. We're focusing. So whatever, however you do and the steps that you do for whatever it is that you do, you got to focus on God and his plan if you're a believer and you want this thing to work. As we do those things, we're going to also avoid things that come against your faith. So, if you're trying to keep your heart right before God and you wanna move somewhere with him, you must keep your focus on him and you can't focus on all this worldly stuff. I think I've mentioned, I I used to be the biggest rap consumer probably in America when it came out Loved it, still know all of the names. Now, I don't remember all of the words to the songs, thank God. I think he took that from me as I made the decision to follow him. But I had them all, man. I had MC Light and this one and so on and so forth. But when I, when I made that decision, I had, to, I had to let that go. And it was hard, man, because those albums would be worth a lot today. You know, I kept them in the paper just like you're supposed to do, the little plastic on it and everything. But it was, it, was a, it was a decision first. I made a plan like, okay, got to get rid of these things. I was meditating on scripture. I remember I had a little one-bedroom apartment. Uh, I'll tell you about that journey some other time, but I had a one-bedroom apartment. Didn't have much in it, and that's, you know, I, I, I worked. I would uh, come home. I'd usually go play ball, and I'd gotten another little job, but when I would come home, there was nothing to do. And not that you should read the word because there's nothing to do. You should read it because you should. But I really didn't have anything to do. So I would sit there and I would just read the word of God, meditate on the word of God. But in doing so, it allowed me to focus on the things that God want, wanted me to focus on for my life. You, you can't sit around looking at raunchy TV. You can't sit around looking at raunchy social, social media. You can't look, stand around looking at raunchy whatever. Now, you can look at TV. You can look at social media. You can look at whatever. It just shouldn't be raunchy, because you know I remember my old karate coach. He would say, you know, the mind, your 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 mind, your subconscious mind can't take a joke. Anything that you look at it's being recorded, whether you believe it or not, and it's going down in you. Especially if you, the more time you spend with it, the deeper it goes in, and the harder it is to root out. It's like weeds. It's like when you pull them. If you don't pull from the bottom. They just, they, not only do they come back, it's like pruning plants. You know, if you prune plants, that, that, that helps them to grow. It hurts the plant, I guess, a little bit, but it helps it to grow. So if you prune, if you don't pull the root of the weed, you just got a whole bunch more weeds. You'd almost be better just leaving that weed there. So when we're doing these things, you know, we're, we're, we're again, we're talking about our confidence. How do we get our confidence up? Avoid things that go against our faith. The third thing, oh, that's fine, keep it up. We'll call it the sixth thing. <laughs> whatever you do, whatever you do or want to do, do more of it. Whatever you do or want to do, do more of it. If you want to be a street preacher, read more word and get out and start preaching more. If you want to get better on your job, I know we have a number of attorneys in here, then pursue that in the way that you should. If you want to become a, 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 a better basketball player, get out and do more of that. If you want to become better in whatever, do more of it. Now, again, we're talking about those things that God wants us to do. We're not talking about things that God don't want us to do, things that God wants us to do, right? The seventh thing, do it daily. Now, I know I just said, if whatever you, want, whatever you do or want to do, do more of it. Yes, but you got to do it daily. You can't just do it sometimes. you got to be consistent. The diligent will be made fat. I was uh, going over, I was was looking at just some information as I I do uh, every once in a while, just about basketball, and I saw something with Steph Curry on there. And it said that Steph Curry makes 500, he makes, not shoots, he makes 500 shots per day during the off season and in the season he makes two hundred to three hundred and fifty per day not shoots he makes so you know everybody calls him the greatest shooter ever now he probably started when he was young because his dad played basketball he probably had a they call it uh, the gun he probably had a gun when he was really young, so he probably got a, a early start getting out shooting baskets but Steph Curry, I don't know him. This isn't so much about Steph the person, but it's about his journey, I guess, and just what he has done. And we're talking about confidence, so I think this falls right in line. But Steph started out young, got a chance to start shooting and doing what he did. Um, shooting on the gun, putting up shots. But Steph was not a big kid. If you, I don't know if you remember, he's, you know, he's stronger now, but he was very small. He was, Barely recruited, probably, and I'm just guessing, I don't know this, uh, probably got in college somewhat because of his dad. His dad was an NBA player, did pretty good. So he got a chance to play, but he kept at it. He kept at it. Everybody marvels at his pregame routine. But he is what he is because, one, he made a decision at some point. He made a plan. I'm not big. i got to be able to do something. i got to be able to shoot. He probably started early. Whether he meditated on scripture or not, I'm not sure. I think they say he's a Christian, but I don't know. His focus on God and his goodness, whether he did that or not, I'm not sure. But we have to do that as believers. He avoided things that came against his faith. If his faith was to go to the NBA, he couldn't sit around and lay out on the beach all day or just eat any kind of way he wanted to. He had to put some things into action. So whatever he wanted to do, he had to do more of it. So apparently he did. He shot. And I remember hearing him say to this day that he does it daily. He's consistent, thank you. He's consistent. And I, so as I'm talking right now, I remember seeing him at his, not seeing him personally, but uh, I don't know if it was just through a live video or whatever, but they were playing a game and I remember him. Now here's a guy that's a, it's a three-time champion, I think he is, uh, you know, considered the greatest shooter ever. He has a camp for high school kids and he's out there playing, and he's getting on these kids like he was in the seventh game of the championship with two minutes left, and they down two. I mean, he was on them. He was like, man, y'all, I'm the only one. And I remember him saying, I'm the only one out here talking. I'm the only one out here getting this. You got to run. If you shoot and miss, you can't throw your arms up and look at the road. You got to run back down. He's doing all of this stuff in a pickup game. He's not getting paid for that. It's just his camp. Most of those guys that have camps, man, they just sit on the side and just what. Uh, Got my money, I'm out. He's out here playing. So he's consistently doing what he says that he wants to do. That's the same way we should be about that. But back to his shooting, I, I kind of totaled it out. And I said, man, if he shoots 48%, if he shoots 48%, which is what he shoots for his 475 I think it is. And the amount of shots that he puts up to get to that 47%, because he shoots a ton of three-point shots, which are long shots, and you have to be really skilled. Well, you're supposed to be really skilled to shoot those. Not everybody is. But because of his consistency, because he does this daily, because he works so hard at his craft, he has gotten to a point. He's broken down every portion of what he does. As Christians, have we broken down everything? When he shoots, from lifting his elbow up, to bringing his wrist down, to where his fingers are, to where the ball's coming off, to how his feet are moving, what his ankles are doing, his knees, his legs, his hips. I think I did the math, and I, I think I'm very, 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 very conservative in saying that he puts up at least maybe 200,000 shots a year. That's not even in the game, about 200,000 shots. And people wonder why he's so good. Well, in the same way, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who we have our confidence in, before he died, he prayed so hard that he bled. There were times that he just prayed all night. Do we? Now, some of us may feel like, "Eh, you know, that's a little bit overboard. Jesus Christ was God. Jesus Christ is the one that we say is God. And he did those things. I'm not going to sit here and say, I prayed all night either. But probably should with, with the craziness that goes on out here and so many things that just go on and the, the deadliness of our word. But in order to get our confidence up, again, we have to, we have to make those decisions. We have to make a decision that we're going to get our confidence up in the first place. We have to make a plan, meditate on Scripture as believers, focus on God and his goodness, We have to avoid those things that come against your faith, whatever they are, and you will know because the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of us. You will know that that's not something I'm supposed to be around. Now, it may look good, and it may be something that everybody else, even other Christians, are okay being around, and it may be, but you will know because the Holy Spirit will let you know, uh, I'm not supposed to be around that. But keep your confidence up even in that because that means God is setting you aside is bringing you somewhere that you're supposed to be as a believer. We said that whatever you do or want to do, do more of it. And do it daily. Be consistent. We talked about Steph Curry and shooting, right? So it's not, you know, I I think a lot of times people come into the kingdom of God. And we want people to come, obviously, into the kingdom of God. But many times, they come in with the mentality that everything is going to be easy. It's not always easy. We we talked about stuff. Many of you here right now have taken journeys that did not start off easy. And they still not be easy. But you make it look easy because of the Jesus, because of the God that is on the inside of you. Nothing good comes easy. And I think that's one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest issues that we have. And I don't want to just say with our youth today. I think that's true, but with everybody today, it looks easy. So, you know, I shouldn't have to do anything, and I should just have all this stuff. It's not. Jesus will walk, God will walk with you through everything if you stay firm in him. You know, the Bible says that if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. If you don't draw near to him, the opposite is true. I said the the word is a double-edged sword. If you don't draw near to him, you should have no expectation of God doing anything, even though his grace and mercy, that unmerited favor that he offers to us, we still receive it, even when we don't many times believe it. Think of, people, think of what we were before we came to I remember myself. I raised my hand. I remember what I was before I came to Christ. There's things I did, things I said, things I said to my parents that they never, ever came to me and said, you know, boy, that, you know, that they, they just never did. They never came to me and said, boy, that was stupid. I think of things that I said to my dad, you know, and it was probably about church or whatever, that I'm sure in his mind, and he was right, that I said, and he never came and said, and that's how our God is. You know, there are things that we've done, things that we've done as Christians. And when we repent, he, he forgives us, and he tells us that, hey, hey, son, it's okay. You've repented. Let's keep moving Let's move to the mark. Let's press toward the mark of the high, call it getting our confidence up. So I want to go to the book of 1 John. So John wrote in 1 John chapter 3, verse 18 through 24. 1 John chapter 18. I'm sorry, First John chapter 3, verse 18 through 24. When you get it, say amen. 1 John chapter 3 verse 18 through 24. Okay, and it it reads My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandment dwelleth in him, and he in, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. So that scripture there, um, as I was going through it, it really, really... Um, made me look at some things a a little bit differently. Um, It talked about in, in verse 21, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. The verse before that, it says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. And for many years I've read that scripture and not really understood what it was talking about. But basically what it's saying is is for if our heart condemns us, it, it's basically saying that if we're, again, like making a decision or things of, things of that nature, that sometimes we may have things off in our head, but that God is greater than our heart. We should seek God for those things that we are trying to find, but when it comes back to us, we're a little bit off on, we're not sure. Well, it's basically saying God is greater than our heart. So we don't have to just trust our heart. We can always go to God because He knows all things. And He will share it and will give you those answers if we are patient in dealing with Him. But we have to be patient, we have to stay on Him. And then it says, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. So what that's saying is that if we have confidence toward God, we don't and and, and our heart we, we come up with a uh, a conclusion through our heart that we can have confidence if, if that what we're looking at is of God, we can then move forward. Because again, in all things, when we're making decisions moving forward you're buying a house, buying a car, new job, moving, going to school, whatever it is that you're doing, we can go and ask God because many times man will come up with his own decisions on how he think a thing should go but God has plans that supersedes those many times. So it may, the the Bible says there's a way that may seem right to a man. It may seem right to us, but it ain't right for what God wants. And so we have to know, when you get that check in your spirit and your heart that "Eh, I don't know about that, that's when we need to be seeking God for his, his guidance on things. Because he's gonna give you, he knows all things. We don't know all things. Some of us may, maybe me, I may think I know all things sometimes, you know, I like to say, yeah, I may, may be wrong, but I doubt it. You know, we may think we know all things, but we don't. And so when we have those, those types of things going on, we really need to bear down and knuckle down and, 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 and seek God about answers that we have. How do we keep that confidence up? Stay in the Word. You know, as we go through this season, which is a season where we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, his, his birth, we, we also have to recognize that there are many people that may be hurting during these times. And even though we, we get to keep our confidence up, there's some that are hurting. And so we have to be compassionate because God has called us to those people. It's, it's again, great to walk around with, with our chest up, and we should, you know, because we serve the Lord God, not because we think we're somebody wherever we are, but because of who we serve and because of what he did, he reached down low, to people that were sick. He reached up high to people that had. He reached towards everyone. He didn't discriminate in who he dealt with. We sometimes discriminate, and sometimes it's not a bad thing. Sometimes we should. But then there are certain things that, and certain people, and it just kind of depends. Everybody's situations are different. It depends, but we should be in a mode where we're trying to help people. Now, we have to pray, Uh, we have to pray about, when and who and where sometimes we have, again, we have to be led by the Spirit of God because the Holy Spirit is the one that counsels us. If there's a situation, and some people say, well, man, I got to go out and help everybody. I didn't say go out and help everybody. I said, listen to the Holy Spirit. Uh, I remember riding, you know, because I was taught help people, you know, help people all the time. Uh, I was in L.A. riding along with one of my teammates. I was down there and... uh, riding down the road, and I don't know if it was or wasn't, but my upbringing said we were riding through, I don't know where we were, Watts or somewhere, and the guy was like, so I was driving, and he said, I was like, well, man, pull over, because later lady had come out in the street and was like that. And so I'm about to pull over, and the guy was like, man, what you doing? Keep going. These people are going to rob us. And I was like, well, what you mean? So I, you know, I'm in a foreign place. I keep going. Now, the Holy Spirit will counsel you when that person comes up, because... You know, There are certain places that you probably shouldn't be doing things, but even in those places, if you strongly sense that the Holy Spirit is telling you to do a thing, you need to hear what he's saying, but you need to be clear, and you need to know that you've been clear, and if you have not been reading your word, if you have not been seeking God, you probably would do best to keep moving because you, you're not hearing, and sometimes we don't hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us because we're not connected, so we Again, we must live according to the Spirit so that when those times come, we can stay strong and firm and be confident that God is telling us to do a thing. We can be confident that we know that our heart is given to that thing because God is telling us, right? So I want to I wanna, I wanna say that, uh, that our God has been extremely, extremely, extremely good to us. And again, during this season, the, the Jesus that we serve, because, you know, for some, there are these different Jesuses. You know, there's the magician Jesus and the one that gives us money and, you know, that, the one that we take all and put on the, 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 uh, the uh, lotto machine or whatever to get money. We're not talking about bad Jesus. We're talking about the Jesus that we're celebrating right now, that we're supposed to be celebrating right now. He, he keeps us, he is awesome, and we recognize sometimes that weeping may endure for a night, that those things come, but joy, that, that joy cometh in the morning. And the joy that we're speaking of is not a joy that we have because we're happy or whatever. It's a joy that takes us wherever, regardless of what going on, what's going on. It's that type of joy. We have to keep our confidence up. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It's the strength that we have to continue through whatever situation that comes our way. Again, joy is not incumbent upon our circumstances, upon our relationship, but but it's, it's incumbent upon the relationship that we have with Jesus, the one who this season, again, is all about, the one that we call Emmanuel, God with us, the one that we call Wonderful, Counselor, Prince of Peace, the Lamb of God, the Alpha and the Omega, the Redeemer, and most of all, our Savior. Because of him, we walk in confidence, not in pride, not in arrogance, knowing that we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord. So remember, in every walk, in everything that we do, everything that we say, even when we're not feeling good, we talked about those steps that we should take, those seven steps, we should always walk again as conquerors, confident in the Word of God that it is true, that as it was recorded, it's still the same, yesterday, today, and forever, forevermore, regardless of what people say about the translations. It, you know, this was lost in translation. This wasn't transliterated. All of those things, the Word of God is true, hold firm. And even if, you know, I've had people say, well, Jesus named it and Jesus is Yeshua. Yes, that's true. It was in, in, in Hebrew. But I think God is big enough and smart enough to figure out who we're talking about. You know, people say, uh, you know, God know my heart. Well, he knows my heart. He knows exactly who I'm talking to. So some of the foolishness that's out there about our Lord and Savior, please just smile. You don't even need to say anything. Just a big smile and keep moving, right? So get your confidence up. Everybody, if you don't, I gave you the steps there. And even if my steps ain't 100% correct, God knows your heart. Seek him. Know that he wants us to be confident in our walk and know that Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one that we're celebrating right now, is our Savior. Amen?